my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Tanner fans, Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House Fuller House podcast. So, today, being April 6th, Candace Cameron Bure's birthday, she played DJ Tanner on Full House, she plays DJ Tanner Fuller on Fuller House. I've decided to do a birthday episode for her. The episode, of course, I've chosen for Candace Cameron slash DJ Tanner Fuller. Season 1, episode 22 of Fuller House, or of Fuller House, of Full House, excuse me. The season 1 finale entitled DJ Tanner's Day Off. This episode aired on May 6th, 1988. In this episode, DJ skips school and sneaks down to the mall to get a celebrity's autograph. Let's read the back of the DVD cover. DJ ditches school. It's a perfect crime until Michelle leads Joey straight to the truant. This episode has a 7.3 out of 10 rating on IMDb based on 222 ratings. We do have one guest star, Stacy Swain who uh, apparently got married at some point or just went from being Stacy Q to Stacy Swain. Let's see if she, what else she's done. She Wow, okay, so she's done 14 things. Let's take a look-see look. Cave Girl, 1985 is Brenda. Stacy Q, Two of Hearts, 1986, The Facts of Life. She played in two episodes. Her name was Cinnamon. One Man Force in 89. Mama's family as CG C I J I uh, playing the odds nineteen ninety eight um, some Asian film Asian or anime I'm guessing and something called Citizens uh, right that looks like it is currently in production all right she's got a soundtrack here for her songs let's see. Um, okay, interesting. Little Nikki, Two of Hearts, Party Monster, I remember Two of Hearts from that one. Of course, uh, Hot Rod, Two of Hearts. Let's see, what else? Oh, she was a performer in Scream Queens, something called Landline, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, that kind of stuff. All right, good for Stacey Q. Um... Okay, this episode was directed by Joel Zwick. Writers, Jeff Franklin, the creator, Michael S. Bazer, the writer, and of course, Kim Weiskopf. Right, so I'm going to play a little snippet snip of the chorus of Two of Hearts. So it's definitely 80s pop in the same vein of like Debbie Gibson, Tiffany, a little Madonna in there. 
All right, the trivia. This episode's title is a reference to the film Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Connection, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which came out in 1986. Got some goofs here. All right. When DJ is trying to convince her father to let her skip school, he insists on a hug. After Danny hugs DJ, you can clearly see the stain of Bob Saget's makeup on her sweater. The stain disappears in the next shot. Well, I gotta keep an eyeball out for that, don't I? Continuity. When Michelle drives off the cup, the rag jumps from her left hand to her right hand between shots. When DJ and Kimmy start to leave the record store, they stand about shoulder to shoulder. In the next shot, Kimmy is about a step behind. All right, we got some reviews. The first one, of course, by the ever-faithful Power Man Dan, gives us a 10 out of 10. Titles it Unrealistic, but all-around fun. This review was published on IMDb April 1st, 2016, so four years ago. All right, this episode, oh, it says warning spoilers. This episode involves DJ skipping school to get Stacy Q's autograph at the mall. I honestly wonder how many kids tried DJ's game after watching this episode. If I left close to school, and if my parents didn't watch it with me, I probably would have tried it. <laughs> but it is not just the skipping that makes this episode good. Danny's gone for work for just over a day. So DJ thinks she can easily fool Joey and Jesse. She lies about a school project to Jesse, which leads him to tell her about how he faked out his parents. He wanted to see a Rolling Stones farewell concert during school hours. Of course, in parentheses. Yes, that sounds very unrealistic to the thousandth degree. Rolling Stones are not having a concert in the middle of the afternoon. <laughs> They're just not. And he made himself out to be very sick. His parents called the school, but ten minutes later, he comes out of it and is sent to school. Okay, if it were ten minutes later, I'd be like, hey, let's check the temperature again. Without the school expecting him, DJ uses a scheme on Joey while Jesse is at work, and her and Kimmy hit the mall. All is well until Joey shows up with Michelle ready to get an autograph for DJ. Uh-oh. DJ doing the scheming is hilarious because they all initially fall for it. The entire mall scene. That's probably why she waited for Jesse to be out of the house. Because if she tried to pull that and Jesse's around, he immediately, huh, huh, yeah, sounds like a story I came up with. Hmm. The entire mall scene is hilarious, too. I also enjoy when Joey and Jesse alone play parent. I don't know why, I just do. But my favorite part is Jesse trying to finish writing a song but failing. I laughed so hard at that bit every time. The only unrealistic part is when DJ confesses to Danny and Danny punishes her. If that were my dad, my rear end would be bloody and I would be kept in a freaking bomb shelter. But this is a family sitcom, so nothing that bad can happen. Holy moo. All right, of course, another well-known reviewer of the Full House episodes, Taylor Kingston, who gives us an 8 out of 10. Titles it, The One Where DJ Skips School. This was published May 3rd, 2015. Morning spoilers. I really like this episode. I think it's a great first season finale, and it has a really good storyline to it. In this episode, DJ really wants an autograph from a celebrity who will be at the mall during a school day. She asks her dad and Joey and Jesse if she can go, but they all say no. Understandably. She decides that it's not fair, so she skips school with Kimmy and goes anyway. Since Danny felt bad 
okay, um, it's supposed to be Joey. Since Joey felt bad, he decided to go down to the mall and get the autograph for her. Very sweet, I might add. But when he's there and Michelle wanders off and finds DJ, she gets in a lot of trouble. Overall, I give this episode an 8 out of 10, which in my ratings book is great. All right, Mitch RMP, another one I'm familiar with seeing on the reviews, gives this a 7 out of 10, titles it Punishing DJ. This review was published on December 9th, 2013. Danny is leaving for his first overnight trip since Pam dies. He leaves lots of instructions with Joey and Jesse and expects the girls to be good. Since Jesse and Joey are still pretty green at parenting, DJ feels she can get away with ditching school to go get a signed autograph. After all, Kimmy is skipping. Her dad tells her no, but she comes up with a plan. Instead of punishing her, the boys tell her how disappointed in her but they don't want Danny to know about this since he won't trust them anymore. Stephanie comes home and blabs the whole thing and not only gets DJ into trouble, though I never saw her punished, just talked to, but also got the boys in trouble. I've noticed that Danny does a lot of lecturing, but not a lot of punishment. The kids turned out great like this, but I still think taking away privileges should have happened in several cases. Yes, very much so. I can agree with that. All right, of course, before I get into the episode, I want to let you know if you're new to the podcast, thank you so much for jumping on the Tanner train. And where you can find the podcast on social media. On Facebook, if you type in Full House or Fuller House Podcast, the Oh My Lanta Holy Chalupas podcast will pop up in your search feed. On I am on Instagram, if you type in Full House Podcast, type in or OMHC Full House Podcast, and it will come up. Also on Twitter at OMHC Full House Podcast. If you'd like to send an email about your favorite Full House memories, your comments on episodes that I've done, or plan to do in the future, or if you want to send an audio file of your comments about episodes, your memories, you can do so by sending an audio file or email to omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. And the address will be in the episode description. If you've been hanging around for a while, you're enjoying the podcast, and you want to show it some love, a little support, go to Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Leave a rating and review. Leave emojis to describe your favorite characters, your favorite episodes. I'd love to try to decipher what one you're referring to. So, all right. Without further ado, let's jump into this special Candace Cameron birthday celebration episode, season one, episode 22, entitled DJ Tanner's Day Off. All right, we come out of the intro and we go right into DJ's room. We, of course, hear music playing. So DJ's pretty much doing what any teenage girl probably did back in the 80s. Whether they do it now, they probably make videos of themselves singing into a, um, a hairbrush. I could be wrong, but you know where that, uh, that bay window with the shutters and you got the little red seat bun- bench with the, uh, stuffed animals there? Well, to... The left of the wall by Stephanie's side of the room, where that ballerina cutout is on the wall, there's a purple inflatable McDonald's Grimace. If you guys remember Grimace, he was the big 
purple something or other. I don't know what he was. A creature of sorts, if you will. But I swear that that is an inflatable grimace. I want your clarification on this. Does that inflatable thing look like Grimace? It could be Grimace. Good. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. It looks like him. I mean, Grimace wasn't exactly. Do we know what Grimace is? He's a purple thing. He's a purple. I mean, he would have been known at this point. Oh yeah, of course, definitely. Can't imagine that that would be him. I remember in the opening they do have Stephanie standing in front of this backdrop here, and there's an Odie dog, stuffed Odie dog there. Yeah. I kind of wonder if Candace Cameron was a smidge embarrassed to do this. I mean, sometimes like, oh, I'm on camera, I gotta sing and everything, but no, she's having a fun time. I mean, this is what. You know, girls and kids, they do this kind of thing. Nowadays, they film themselves singing into a hairbrush, a microphone, and they throw it all up on the YouTube, or they throw it up on whatever channel the kids are putting their uh, homemade music videos on. So, of course, she's singing and not really paying attention to, uh, oh, Heaven forbid, anybody could just walk right in. And who happens to walk in but her best friend, Kimmy Gibbler. And Kimmy just starts laughing her fool head off. Like, <laughs> and of course, DJ say, oh yeah, like you've never done this before. And of course, Kimmy's like, well, not like that. I'm like, well, maybe Kimmy sings in the show. But odds are, it's like, yeah, I mean, the only thing, sure, I sing in my room. I just shut the door so nobody walks in on me. <laughs> oh, Kimmy, don't act like you've never done it before. <laughs> Just pretending that you're having. So, it's having them tomorrow. <laughs> Oh, Kimmy. turns around, she pretends she, oh, I'm just brushing my bangs. <laughs> Kimmy's got a letter that excuses her from school because her family rabbit is having bunnies tomorrow. They got it down to the day of when this bunny is going to give birth. And of course, in the letter it says, well, we want Kimmy to share the miracle, to watch the miracle of birth. Oh my goodness. Even DJ, she's reading this, is just rolling her eyes to the heavens like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Your parents really wrote this. 
can be saying, oh, no, DJ, no, my parents are in Vegas. I mean, I, my big brother wrote it, and it, yeah, you know, it cost me 20 bucks, but I got the money from his wallet. <laughs> oh, Kimmy. DJ's like, great, that means you can go to the mini mall tomorrow and get Stacy Q's autograph. And, of course, this is a line they both say, they'll say at least a couple more times. Stacy Q, she's so red. And, of course, Stephanie comes in. Classic little sister. Oh, my sister's hanging out with her friend. I want to be one of the big girls. Can I hang out with you? Can I play with you? What are you doing? And, of course, Kimmy and DJ are all like, mm. And I love how Stephanie goes up to them and, like, waves a hand in front of them. Like, like hello. Goes over to DJ. Hello. <laughs> and DJ's like, look, Steph, I'll explain it to you one more time. See, your world is... Down here, you know, Stephanie's height, our world is up here, as she raises a hand up to her head. So, sorry. And, of course, Stephanie is not going to, nah, she's not going to quit, like, whatever, I'm going to give up and leave the room. No, she goes to the table, gets a chair, brings it over to the girls, stands on it so she's equal height and says, can I play now? And it's like, uh, classic, I mean, if you had a little sibling growing up, this is, you know, you, your little siblings always want to be a part of, you know, when you and your friends are hanging out and they want to be included. I didn't have a younger sibling, so I didn't deal with this. Guys, I was the younger sibling. I was the Stephanie wanting to hang out with my big sister. Of course, to back it up real quick, when Stephanie comes in, she's, like, full of questions. Hi, what are you doing? What are you talking about? Can I play? <laughs> uh, and clearly, you can tell that Jody Sweden's ears are pierced. You see that a lot in the episodes. You can tell. And then when we get to the um, Stephanie getting her I'm Not DJ episode, which I will, you know, get to, um... She's like, well, I wear clip-ons that look like pierced ears. Yeah, right. Those are not clip-ons. I, of course, when I was around Stephanie's age, you know, if you are a kid from the like, 80s, mid, late 80s, early 90s, you remember the sticker sheet of stick-on earrings? Yeah, that's what I wore those things. And let me tell you, by the end of the school day, they either had fallen off or gotten stuck in my hair. All right, Danny calls from downstairs. Hey, girls, come on down and say goodbye because he's going to go to LA to cover a surfing competition. Of course, Danny is a bit nervous. This is the first time he's actually left the girls overnight for a day, which I get it. You're kind of nervous, but you do have Jesse and Joey there. They have been watching the girls. They've been doing an okay, decent job. I mean, yes, the our first night episode, which I haven't covered on the podcast, and I will cover at some point, had Jesse bringing his band over for a practice. The girls are staying up late. They got the purple spray stuff in their hair. It's a whole mess. But they've moved on. They've grown, and... It's easy peasy with the kids. They know how the kids operate. The kids know how to act when dad's away. Like what they can and can't do, basically. So Danny's got a list of numbers for the guys, you know, since Danny's going to be gone. So he's got the pediatrician. He's got grandma. He's got the other grandma, which, of course, 
know, Jesse's mom. Police, fire department. Poison control and dentist. Danny, you're going to be gone for like 24 hours, if that. I don't... Well, things happen, I guess. I mean, I'm sure they won't be happy to call the dentist for an emergency um, teeth cleaning. Or the poison control. And I love how Jesse is like, let's see here. You uh, left off the White House and the equalizer, which I... I think that was a show back in the 80s. Never saw it, though. The girls all come down, including Kimmy, and Danny's like, oh, I'm gonna miss my girls so much. He gives them a double hug, and he hugs baby Michelle. He bends down and kisses her, like, oh, I'll miss you. And then he turns to hug Stephanie, I'll miss you. Oh, I'll miss you, DJ. And he's like, oh, I'll miss you. And, of course, Stephanie's like, Daddy, be careful. You're hugging other people's kids. Hugs Kimmy. Kimmy's got this look of, I don't know what to do with this. I am very uncomfortable. Yeah, Stephanie's like, Daddy, take it easy. You're hugging other people's kids. Of course, Danny's like, Oh, heh, sorry, Kimmy. <laughs> of course, he reminds the girls that while he is gone, Jesse and Joey, of course, like always, are going to be in charge. So I know you girls will be on your best behavior. And I love how DJ's like, Oh, we won't let you down, Dad. Don't worry. So Danny, or excuse me, um, Jesse and Joey jump right into the nighttime routine. Like, all right, girls, time for bed. Joey's taking Michelle up there. And, of course, Stephanie, as they're on the stairs, is like, Uncle Jesse, can I stay up for 10 extra? What did she say, 10, 15? Oh, yeah, Uncle Jesse, can I stay up for 15 extra minutes? And he's like, absolutely not. But he gives her the A-OK. I honestly remember watching this as a kid and being confused. Like, why is he saying absolutely not, but he's giving her the okay? It took me too long as an adult. I don't know why I was just slow in that regard, but I'm going to play this clip. Girls, come on down and say goodbye. Okay, here's a few phone numbers you might need while I'm down in L.A. Uh, pediatrician, grandma, police, fire department, the other grandma, uh, poison control, dentist. <laughs> you left off the White House and the equalizer. <laughs> Okay, maybe I'm overreacting. It's just that it's my first night away from the girls overnight. By like, hey, Dad, before you go, you wouldn't mind if I got a autograph from my favorite singer, Stacey Q, would you? And of course, Danny's like, oh, well, no, go for it. I love how DJ, like, after Danny gives her the okay, like, sure, you can get the autograph. She turns to Kimmy, gives her a thumbs up, and Kimmy's like, giving her a thumbs up right back, like, okay, that part's down, good. Now comes the tricky part because DJ filled out her own 
permission slip or absence slip to get her out of school. She only needs Danny to sign it. I just can't believe that she's like, okay, well, he said I can get the autograph, so here, all he's got to do is sign it. You don't think that's not going to raise a red flag? That he's like, sure, honey, I mean, you can skip school tomorrow to do that. She hands him this note excusing her from school, and that way she can, you know, he can be on his merry way. Like, uh, excuse me, no. You know, Danny bends down to her level. It's like, uh, nice try, DJ. And DJ's all like, but Dad, come on, you just said I could have the autograph. She's like, I'll only be missing one day of school. You have to miss an entire day of school? What time is she going to be there? Noon? Until two? Not to mention, what singer is going to go sign autographs at a mini mall during the middle of the week in the early afternoon? That doesn't make any sense. If anything, it will probably be in the evening because you probably want to get, you know, a good deal of people. I mean, they're not paying for an autograph, but still. Like, honey, I'm sorry. I can't let you just skip school to get someone's autograph. And, of course, DJ's like, look, I'll make it up. I'll go on Christmas. Like, DJ, they're not going to be open. <laughs> Isn't that every kid's trade-off when they want to do something? Like, I'll go to school on Christmas. <laughs> of course you will, because no one would be there. <laughs> Danny tries to explain to DJ how we all have our jobs. Your job is to go to school. Mine is to go to L.A. and cover a surfing competition, okay? Of course... DJ pulls out the big guns, like, if Kimmy gets to go, why can't I go? And Danny's like, well, I don't know why Kimmy's missing school. But, <laughs> honestly, DJ, there's a lot of things about Kimmy I don't know. I don't know about. So, uh, yeah. I love how the camera cuts to Kimmy and she's just kind of waving, like, hi. <laughs> like, Kimmy's an odd one. Yes, we know. Boy <laughs> says, I don't know why Kimmy's missing Well, yeah. He's like, you're not Kimmy. I don't know why Kim Kimmy's missing school, but there's a lot of things about Kimmy that I don't understand. <laughs> I love how Kimmy just waves to him, and Danny kind of awkwardly waves, like, ah, why can't my daughter have normal friends? <laughs> so, if you guys have been there, if you know, as kids, you, there's something you want to do or want to have so badly that you feel that you'll die if you just, you gotta have it. And, of course, in the back of my mind, and I've thought about this many times, is the fact, or even on the How Rude podcast, those guys thought, well, why doesn't someone just go and get her the autograph if it means that much? I think it's just the sheer fact that she would get to mate someone she admires and looks up to in person. She's never had that. I mean, Stacey Cuterher, that's a celebrity. That's right up there probably with, with George Michael and, and, you know, the other, you know, singers that she adores and listens to. And going back to my Frank McCord story back in 2009, the author Frank McCord, you know, I just thought, oh, it'd be so cool to meet him. But knowing in my mind, in the back of my mind, that that would never happen because why would he come to my town? And then one day I'm looking at the paper and it says Frank McCord is coming to this event. And I like lost my marbles. Like, oh my gosh! And I did, I, I've told the story before how... 
um, before he gave his talk, he was having, like, dinner with some officials from the college that actually was able to get him to come speak for this event, and I, um, was hiding in the shadows. <laughs> I know, creeper, right? <laughs> and I was gonna go back upstairs, the restaurant was downstairs in this building, and I was gonna go back up, and then he stands up, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is my chance. So I go over there, and I just say my name, and I said, I just, I love your book so much. And he shakes my hand. And mind you, Frank McCord at this time was well in his late 70s. And of course, I get my book signed, but I got my camera there. And it's like, okay, it's now or never. I know you guys were like, okay, you're definitely a creeper. Um, I'm like, to the person who's organizing the autograph sign. I'm like, can you get my picture with him, please? And I sit down next to him. I'm sure he's probably like, what? What's going on? So I do have a picture of me with Frank McCord. I mean, I knew if I didn't get that picture, if I missed that opportunity, I would regret it. No one else, I don't think, got their picture taken. They're probably all like, okay, who's this weirdo? But I'm like, I had to do it. It just, I knew I would regret it if I didn't. And the sad thing was, that was October of 2009. No, it was 2008. I'm sorry. And the following July, Frank McCourt would have passed away due to pneumonia. And it's sad. But it's like, I knew. It's like, if I don't take my shot, I'm going to wind up kicking myself. So I get DJ's insistence and urgency, like... If I don't get this autograph, I'll die. It's like this need, this want to have this one thing, like thinking this one thing when I have it, my life will be just perfect. Danny, of course, puts a hand on DJ's shoulder and says, DJ, no one has ever died from lack of autograph. Basically telling her you're being a bit overdramatic. He's like, all right, I really got to go. I got to catch my plane. Now, come on, give your father a big hug. Now, this is where she's being a brat. She puts her hand out and says, goodbye, father. It's like, DJ, I get that you want the autograph, but you don't need to treat your dad like garbage. Heaven forbid something happened in that plane crash and you lost your father. You would definitely regret your attitude. So he just kind of was like, come here, daughter, as he grabs her hand and pulls her in. Give your dad a hug. Come on, girl, get in here. So he'll be back tomorrow afternoon. He, of course, consoles DJ, like, oh, I'm sorry, DJ, this sucks for you. Of course, DJ will not be deterred. She says, this isn't over yet. You still got two adults you can try to scam into getting this autograph. Yeah. If I don't get this autograph, I'll die. DJ, no one has 
ever died from lack of autograph. <laughs> I really gotta go now. Come on, give your father a big hug. Goodbye, father. <laughs> Come here, daughter. Give your dad a hug. Have a good time. See you tomorrow afternoon. Sorry, EJ. This isn't over yet. All right, now we're going to move over to Jesse's room because DJ's like, this isn't over yet. Yeah, she's got, she's scheming. She's got a plan going on in that head of hers. And, you know, DJ's 11. She's pretty dang crafty for her age. I mean, the thing is, and that's with anybody, you want something bad, like bad, bad enough that you just don't feel complete without it. Especially if it's like a material item or just wanting to meet someone or However, you're going to do what you have to do to get that one thing that you want to complete yourself and make yourself the happiest person in the world. So, of course, Jesse's in his room. He's working on a song. You can tell because he's wearing his songwriting glasses. You know, the 80s, big glasses that are just really huge. They take up the majority of the top half of your face. The song is not great. <laughs> I mean, I can see why he and his band do covers, because it's just... Is anyone in Jesse and the Rippers also songwriter? But then again, it is Jesse and the Rippers, so he would, of course, want creative control when it comes to his music and his songs. So, I'm sure he doesn't allow for any input. Of course, songwriters probably get their songwriting inspirations through life, well, Jesse lives in a house with three girls, and he's taking care of them and, you know, changing diapers, making food and everything. There's not really a lot of inspiration for that. And it seems like a lot of songs in the 80s were either about, you know, guys leaving girls, you know, girls leaving guys, their hearts are broken, you know, girls with boyfriends that cheat on them, you know, stuff like that. A lot of, a lot of heartbreak, but a lot of these songs about heartbreak... And up being really big hits. So, of course, Jesse's mind is like, hey, I'm going to write a song about a guy who's... There are, I cannot think, but there are songs about guys, country songs out there that I can think of, about guys that are chasing after girls that are, like, on the run. Like, I gotta get her back. Isn't that, I, um, what's that one song? Um... I will walk 500 miles. I swear that's about a guy chasing after a girl. There's so many of those songs. I'll look into seeing if I can uh, find some. Of course, DJ knows the way to sh schmooze her uncle. Like, okay, let's start off with a little bit of schmoozing, little compliments. Because he's like, oh gosh, that was horrible. And she's like, oh, well, I loved it. And he's like, oh, well, I mean, I could be wrong. So not only are those the big 80s glasses, they're tinted, like a dark tint to them. Weird. But she is really going for flattery. She's like, oh, I think you're so talented, you're charming, you're good-looking, you're funny. And of course, Jesse's like, oh, okay, hold, hold up here. You want something, clearly. I mean, of course, whatever you want, <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely give it to you. Whatever it is, you name it. Oh, of course, the classic great head of hair. Oh, that's going to get him right there. He's like, all right, as he takes his glasses off. What do you want? And, oh, by the way, whatever it is, you got it. 
So she comes up with this little scheme here. Very creative. I have an essay to do on the person I admire most. Wow. Because she knows, knows who to go to in the house who really appreciate. I mean, anyone appreciates flattery, but if anything, when you, anyone in that house really appreciates it, it's going to be Jesse. You compliment his hair, you, he is like putty in your hands. He will give you anything. He just smiles so shyly. Well, like, yes, of course. Uh, yeah. Well, sit, go, be, start your interview. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> I love how he's like, well, yes, as he grabs a stool and he's like, oh, here, sit, go, be, do. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's take stock of Jesse's room here. Of course, he's got the pink bunnies on the wall. They're stenciled paper that... Pam, of course, as Stephanie had said, my mom made those pink bunnies just for me. So we got in the corner to the right of the closet, we got a flamingo. We got a, I don't think that's a real saxophone. I really don't. We got, I don't think he's got that jukebox here yet. Oh, he does have the jukebox. Okay, he's got the Buddy Holly. Oh, there's the oven. Our lunch is ready. We're having a chicken cordon bleu, um, thingies with like the chicken breast with like the stuff and the ham in the middle that's our lunch so back to jesse's story here he decides to go way way back 150 years ago to be exact his great great grandfather spiro now mind you like i said in season one his last name is cochran he doesn't take on the greek persona of course at katsopolis until season two so, granted, we don't hear much of this because DJ cuts in like, uh, let's just get to your life. Thank you. So, yeah, I gotta applaud DJ here. She really, she jumps in. She knows exactly what she wants to ask to get the answers that she needs. She really kind of flatters him with saying, you know, I bet you were a pretty, you were pretty wild as a kid, weren't you? Jesse just, he loves this attention. He's like, oh, well, you might say, DJ, that I was a little rebel munchkin. <laughs> I don't doubt it, Jesse. I mean, given your 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 history and how you live your life, oh, I can see you are a little hellion. You, I bet you drove your parents up the wall. <laughs> your antics. Oh, boy, he was a rebel. He used to color outside of the lines on his in his coloring book. Uh, of course you did that on purpose, yes. Now she gets to the meat of what she wants, the information she wants to get. She's like, oh, I bet you did all kinds of bad stuff, right? You probably even ditched school a lot, huh? So Jesse stands up, of course, and he's like, oh, well, I mean, I wouldn't say I did it a lot, but, <laughs> and I'm not proud of it, mind you, but uh, I remember this one time in particular that I'm not proud of, but, uh, wanted to see the Rolling Stones farewell concert. Mind you, how in the world are, why would they be playing in the middle of the afternoon? I don't know. Apparently they had a lot of farewell concerts because Jesse can't remember whether it was their fifth or their sixth. Oh, yeah, it was their sixth. Yep. Of course, DJ's like, kind of like, can we kind of just move this along here? <laughs> I need, I need the deets of how you skipped, not the event that you went to. We'll talk about that later, maybe. Jesse's like, can we get to the dishing part, please? And of course, Jesse's like, oh yeah, well, I mean, what happened was, I just ran your basic six scam. You know, I said I had a fever, cold hands, red eyes, that kind of thing. Um, 
living in the times that we are currently, I definitely would. I wouldn't be joking about those things right now, cause. Eh. Of course, the two magical words that every kid knows, practically straight out the womb, I'm sick. All you DJs, like, has a pad, a, you know, a notepad and a, a pencil, like, oh, wait, 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 slow down, slow down, I'm, 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 I can't write that fast. He's like, oh, yeah, sorry, I mean, it's, that's, I'm sick, you know, five eyes, there you go, okay. Jesse, of course, tells his mom, you know, I really want to go to school, but she calls the school anyway and dj's like well wait a minute then how'd you go to the concert he's like ah wait a minute now here comes the genius part of your uncle jay 10 minutes later he convinces his mom that he's all better any mom worth her salt is gonna see right through that like wait just a second i took the time to take your temperature feel your forehead all that stuff, and all of a sudden, boom, you come downstairs dressed to go to school. Uh, I'm calling, uh, yeah, on that. Mm-mm. Of course, she just sends Jesse to school. Of course, you know, since she already school called to school, they weren't expecting him. Of course, DJ, oops. She, and you were free to get the autograph. And the look on Jesse's face, like, I didn't, what? Autograph. And she, oh, no, I mean to go to the concert. See, she slipped up there. She was a little, she was too excited. This plan forming in her head while she's getting this information from Uncle Jesse. The plan in her head is starting to take root and form in her brain. Yeah. Now, mind you this. Mind you this. Jesse, of course, has to get to his exterminating job, right? If she'd have pulled that and Jesse was in the house, I think he he had he'd have some sense enough to like wait just a second here. Hmm, the details of this seem very familiar. What? Oh, that's right, because of the questions you were asking me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. We're going to go to Joey, who, of course, has no idea that this little interview took place. Yeah. She's got her info, and she's about ready to jet. And he's like, well, sure. Anyway, after the concert. And then she's, like, practically out there. And he's like, whoa, 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 wait. That's the end of the interview? And DJ's like, oh, no. Um, What's your favorite color? He's like, black? He's like, thank you. <laughs> I'm going to play this clip because it is just too good. I loved it. Really? I could be wrong. I think you're so talented. You're charming, good looking, funny, great head of hair. Okay, what do you want? By the way, whatever it is, you got it. Can I interview I have an essay to do on the person I admire most. And of course, I picked you. Oh, uh, yes. Yes, sure. Here, sit, go, be, do. Well, it, it, uh, it all started about 150 years ago with my great-great-grandfather, Spiro. I'm going to say, let's skip ahead to your life. I bet you were pretty wild as a little kid, huh? Oh, DJ, you might say I was a rebel munchkin. <laughs> In fact, you know, my coloring book, I used to color on the outside of the lines. On purpose. <laughs> mm, you were bad. 
you bet. <laughs> I bet you got away with all kinds of stuff. You probably ditched school a lot, huh? Well, not a lot, but once in a while. Not that I'm proud of it. But I was the best. <laughs> not that I'm proud of that either. But I remember this one time I'm particularly not proud of. I was dying to see the Rolling Stones' farewell concert. It was either their fifth or their sixth. It was their sixth. Uh, get to the ditching part, please. Oh, sure. Well, what happened was I just ran your basic six scam, you know? I mean, uh, I said I had a fever and cold hands and red eyes. And, of course, those two magical words, I'm sick. Wait, wait, wait. Slow down. I can't write that fast. Oh, I'm sorry. That's I'm sick. Five eyes. I'm sick. There you go. There. Uh, see, meantime, I tell my mom, you know, I really want to go to school. But she calls me in sick anyway. So then how'd you go to the concert? Here comes the genius of your Uncle Jay. <laughs> what I did was, ten minutes later, I convinced my mom that I'm all better. So she sends me to school. And since she already called the school... They weren't expecting me. And you were free to get the autograph. I mean, to go to the concert. Thanks, Uncle Jesse. Sure. Anyway, after the concert... Whoa, 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 whoa! What is this? That's, that's the end of the interview? Oh, um, no. Uh, what's your favorite color? Black. Thank you. So as I most likely said, no way would this be able to be pulled off today because there are such... Well, minus the whole what's going on right now. If kids were actually in school... They tried to pull this. Not going to happen. Well, <laughs> I remember, granted I was a bit older than DJ, and we had cable, and of course my dad worked in the morning, so by the time I got up to get ready for school, he was already you know, at work. So I'd get up, get myself ready, get on the bus, all that. Um, I remember... There was a movie on Lifetime, and you're probably saying, well, why didn't you just tape it? Well, unfortunately, we didn't have a VCR that was capable of doing that at the time. Anyway, so, and, uh, <laughs> well, I, I got on the bus, but the thing with the bus is, it goes past my, and it, it ends up coming up a different road that actually, if I wanted to, I could walk down my street to my house. So we get to the stop sign. And normally, you know, you're going to go right and not left towards my house. So I <laughs> I go up there like, oh, I'm not feeling so well. You know, to the bus driver. And I ask, like, can I just get off and go home? And mind you, like I said, I was in high school. So she's like, yeah. And I remember because it was a winter day. And it was like a, a quarter mile to my house. It wasn't very long. So, yeah. I mean, I'm sure eventually all that stuff you know, like added up and I got in trouble for it. It's not like I was going to call the school and tell them that I was quote-unquote not real sick, but not really. So, yeah. So that was my little skipping school story. So DJ, wow, she has put a lot of thought and really a lot of time into what she's doing. Let me tell you, she's got one of those heating pads on her head on top of a thermometer. She's 
breathing in onion. Of course, you know onions are going to make your eyes water. They're going to make them sting. She's holding two popsicles. Of course, she's got to make her hands all good and cold and clammy. She's a multitasker here. She means business. She's able to palm a popsicle in each hand and with her middle fingers and thumb hold the onion to her face. She's in the bathroom doing this and we see Michelle's changing table with a plate on it. It's got another half of onion. How much onion do you think you need to use, sweetie? I don't cut up onions very much, but I can tell you right now that probably should require, like, if you're going to cut up onions, you wear some safety goggles or something. Because that stuff doesn't just make your eyes water. They sting. I mean, my eyes stung to the point where I could barely keep them open. Yeah. DJ checks her thermometer, which is under the heating pad on her head. She reads 106. Oh, boy, no, that could require a hospital. We don't want to do that. So she gives it a little shake, shake, shake. Try to lower the temperature just a little bit. 104. Ugh, doctor. No, we don't want that. Did another shake, shake, shake. Reads it. 101. All right. Out of school. Now that she's happy with the readout, she unplugs the heating blanket, leaves it in the bathroom along with the plate, which she's discarded the onions in the wastebasket next to the changing table. Um, DJ, I know this is your first rodeo here with this. Um, one thing is you don't want to leave evidence. So you leave that heating pad in there. Someone goes in there, like an adult maybe, and it's like, hmm, this is interesting. Why is this heating pad here? Not to mention, the she pulled the cord out. The cord probably could be warm too. She's got it draped over, like, um... A hand towel on the changing table. It's like, that thing is still hot. We don't want to start the house on fire. She goes to the hallway, the doorway. Just make sure, like, alright, make sure the coast is clear. She's wearing a pink nightgown with, it's Pepto-Bismol pink with a little bit of white lace at the collar and along the chest. And then, of course, she's got pink fuzzy slippers, which, of course, match the nightgown. So she peeks in to her bedroom, sees Stephanie getting ready for school. It's like, all right, well, clearly I'm going to have to fool more than one person that I'm sick. She's got the thermometer in her mouth. Of course, she probably wants to keep it warm, keep it at that 101 temperature. I think eventually it would just go back to whatever her normal temperature would be. It's not going to stay at 101. I mean, she shook it and it moved like four degrees. She clutches her stomach and groans like she's in pure agony. Stephanie turns and is like, oh no, what's wrong? And DJ does the whole Uncle Jesse, I'm sick. DJ goes over to lay in her bed. Stephanie pulls the covers up. She's like, oh, poor baby. Oh, don't worry. She like smooths DJ's hair back from her forehead. Like, I'll get Joey. You just need some peace and quiet. And then she's like, Joey, get in here! Get in here! And Joey is like, running up the stairs like one of the girls has been murdered or something. It's like, what? What? Oh my gosh, what? So, Joey runs in there. What's wrong? And Stephanie says, she's sick. I'll get you some juice. 
love how Stephanie's like, oh, I wish I could get you Stacy Hughes' autograph. So DJ's wall, we do see a Stacy Q poster, which is also covering up a Bengals poster, and we see a San Francisco Giants pennant just above her bed. So Stephanie exits, Joey puts a hand on her forehead. Like, oh my gosh, DJ, you're burning up. He's like, he pulls the thermometer out of her mouth. Like, you have a fever, 101. And D- uh, DJ's like, oh, 101, let me see. And she goes to grab it. And <laughs> Joey's like, oh my gosh, your hands, they're like ice. And she's like, what? Let me feel. Like, And she puts her hands to her her cheeks. Like, oh my gosh, you're right. To the left of Joey, we do see a picture of Kirk Cameron on DJ's corkboard. It looks like one that's just been cut out of a teen magazine. Of course, DJ's like, but Joey, I have to go to school today. It's a big test on (laughs) Canada. And he just looks at her like, with a raised eyebrow, like, you want to go to school? You must be really sick. So he tells her, I'm calling school right now. She's like, oh. And then as soon as he leaves the room, she looks up at Stacy Q's poster on her wall. It's like, I am so rad. So. They do. But do I have to go to school today? There's a big test on Canada. (laughs) Want to go to school? You must be really sick. I'm calling school right now. I am so rad. No, what would you give DJ as far as for the effort of pulling this off? Um, gosh. I mean, isn't this kind of what Ferris Bueller did? He went through probably even a lot more detailed than DJ did. I'm going to give her a B. I mean, she did leave that heating pad just draped over the changing table in the bathroom. So, of course, she left a little evidence, which... Not to mention, a, there was a plate that had the onions on it. She left that on the changing table, too. So, 
You know what? I think I'm gonna have to give her. I'm gonna give her a C for that. I'm sorry, sweetie, but if you seriously want to make sure that, yeah, just. Mm. Right now we're gonna jump downstairs. We got Joey getting the dishes taken care of. Michelle is in a little. It's like a high chair, but it's one of those from the late 80s, as you see here. Definitely, it would probably be something that would be recalled. You wouldn't use it nowadays for a kid. It's the kind of high chair that you just, like, shove it into, like, a table end or a counter end, and it's supposed to just stay there. That makes me so nervous. It's like, just in that chair, Michelle's like suspended in midair, and the only thing keeping her there is the end of that countertop. But we have Michelle also learning how to dry. She's drying a dish. Or no, she's drying a cup. Joey's like, wow, you're doing a great job, Michelle. Guess what? Tomorrow I'm going to show you how to vacuum. Really? Hmm, um, you know that she's a toddler and she hasn't really mastered walking 100%. And vacuums usually are going to be taller than a toddler, so. I mean, unless you want to set her on the head of the vacuum and, you know, just push it along. I mean, that could be interesting to see. So I guess DJ waited the 10 minutes, got dressed, put her hair up, and she's all got a smile on her face. Like, hi, Joey. And he's like, what are you doing out of bed? She's like, my hands are warm, my head is cool, I can go to school. And he points a finger like, phrase, and then he does the, um, siren like a police artist. Okay, let me feel your forehead. Like, I need to see your license, registration, and forehead. So she's like, he, he, he tells her like, okay, you feel fine, how could that possibly be? I would have been calling bull on any kid that pretends they're sick and then comes back down the stairs or whatever ten minutes later. That is too soon. My only advantage is I had a parent that was gone by the time I woke up in the morning. Granted, I had a grandmother that was like a mile and a half up the road, so. Let's just say for me, like, uh, skipping some of my morning classes, I wound up uh, losing my driving privileges to school and had to take the bus for the majority of my senior year of high school. Yeah. That's the end of that story. <laughs> DJ, of course, is like, oh, well, it's a miracle. And he's like, no, no, no. The miracle would be if I fell for this. I know exactly what's going on. And she looks at him like, oh, shoot. You do? It's like, yeah. Looks at her like, what do you think? I'm an idiot. And the shot of Michelle smiling is just like, oh. Like, yeah, I do. <laughs> so, basically, he just thinks that she felt so guilty about getting out of that test with that phony sick bit. That you finally broke down and decided to go to school. And she's like, oh, yeah, that's exactly it. You know, it can't fool you. And he looks at her like, well, you can't. You really can't, Deej. Of course, he adds, uh, <laughs> you're a classy kid, and I'm proud of you. Oh. DJ's like, oh boy. <laughs> uh, right, well, I guess I'm off to school to take that test. Um, here's a question. How is she getting to school? Is the school just up the block? Um, is she taking... I doubt she's taking a cab carpool. Everyone else is already at school, so... Yeah. We went over to Kimmy's. Of course, they're both going to be going to the mall. They probably take one of those trolley cars. 
I don't know. They're getting them all one way or another. I'm going to play this clip. Michelle, you're doing a great job. <laughs> yeah, tomorrow I'm going to show you how to vacuum. Hi, Joey. What are you doing out of bed? My hands are warm. My head's cool. I can go to school. Freeze. <laughs> Move it. I need to see your license, registration, and forehead. You feel fine. How can that possibly be? It's a miracle. No, the miracle would be as if I fell for this. I know exactly what's going on. No, you do? What, do you think I'm an idiot? <laughs> it's pretty obvious to me. You felt so guilty about getting out of that test with that phony sick bit that you finally broke down and decided to go to school. That's exactly right. Boy, I can't fool you. No, you really can't, did you? You're a classy kid. I'm proud of you. Uh, right. Well, I'm off to school to take that test. No speeding. Michelle, your daddy is going to be very happy when he sees the way that I'm handling things. <laughs> no, Michelle. I wash, you dry. All right, now we're going to jump to the mall. And, of course, Stacy Q is there. Looking, of course, very 80s because it was the 80s when this aired. And DJ's kind of whispering to Kimmy, like, before they go up there. Like, hey, we got to be really cool, all right? We can't be, like, goofy and embarrassing. But then, of course, they can't help but gush when uh, Stacy Q greets them. I mean, honestly, for the girls, that is probably their first time with a celebrity. Someone that they admire and everything. Oh, I see, like, I see you on MTV and stuff like that. So it's like seeing them in the flesh is just like w- w- such an experience. Like, I can't believe I'm in the same room with you breathing the same air as you. <laughs> All Stacey Q does is say, hi. DJ and Kimmy look at each other. She's so red! <laughs> like, okay, girls, calm down. She thanks him for coming down to meet her. And DJ's like, thank you, Miss Q. And of course, Stacy corrects her like, oh, call me Stacy. Now, who should I make these out to? Of course, Kimmy goes first. Like, I'm Kimmy. Two M's, a Y, an I, and a K. But not in that order. And of course... Stacy Q just kind of looks at Kimmy with a raised eyebrow like, uh, of course not. <laughs> Most people, if they're, like, trying to, like, spell their name for somebody, they're not going to be, oh, there's a Y, there's two M's, or an I, and a K. It's like, you're going to want to say it how you want it to be spelled. Um, when I've gone to autograph signings for um, author, you know, author signings and stuff, usually they will have it set up where somebody who's um, putting the event on, like the bookstores or however, are going to go through the line. They're going to have a little post-it note, say, okay, what's your name? And then do you want a personalized greeting or do you just want their autograph? And they'll put, like, how do we spell your name? Okay, they'll put it on the page that you want it, which is usually going to be... um, the title page in the book. They'll slap the post-it on there. That way, when you get out there, all the person has to do is copy. The author or whoever has to just write it down. That's all. 
And a lot of times, um, <clears throat> which is kind of interesting, when I went, you know, I'll save this for later. I'll save this for later. But usually that's how it goes when you're going to an author signing. I don't really know. Do musicians kind of have these types of events? Maybe back in the day they did. Kimmy, okay, I get because she's goofy. DJ just is just starstruck. And you, she's like, you can make mine to DJ. DJ's just like, her head is like in the clouds as she's like, the girl who's like a sister to me, who I'll take to the Grammy Awards. And it, <laughs> of course, you see Stacy Q look up and just like, uh-huh. I don't like Stacy Q's outfit. It is just <laughs> like someone got a little out of control with the bedazzlings and stuff, and it's just really weird. I mean, I get it; it was the eighties, but this is just what in the world do they got her in? It's like it almost looks like a bedazzled bullfighter's outfit. And of course, I mean, I like the color red and all, but I'm not a fan of her hair here. I get it; it's it's big hair, it's 80s. Well, the only part of that's really big is, like, the top. Because in the poster that DJ has, she's got, like, blonde hair and it's curly. So, maybe she's wearing a wig. I don't know. DJ just sees Stacey Q just looking at her like, come on now, sweetie. DJ's like, uh, or you could just make it out to DJ. <laughs> uh. She hands them the autographed 8x10 glossies and says, here you go, girls. See you soon. DJ looks at Kimmy. She wants to be our friend. Oh! And of course, the guy who's in like the burnt orange denim jacket has to like push the girls along like, okay, let's keep the line moving, please. I, we all want to meet her, too. Because they start, like, looking at the 8x10 glossies. Like, oh my gosh, look at her hair. Oh my gosh, look at her outfit. Ah! And she's like, oh, look at that girl. She got the same picture. And they're like, oh, look at her hair, her jacket. Oh my gosh. First, they go to head out to the mall. Or head out of the music store. Oh, there's a security guard there by the door. And we see Joey carrying Michelle with a little phone cord attached to her jacket so that way he can keep her from running around. So the girls decide to hide behind a cardboard cutout of Stacy Q. So I'm going to play this clip. Cool. Hi. She's so rad! Thanks for coming down. You're welcome, Miss Q. Stacy. Who should I make these out to? I'm Kimmy. Two M's, a Y, an I and a K. But not in that order. <laughs> And you can make mine to DJ, the girl who's like a sister to me. We'll take to the Grammy Awards. <laughs> or just to DJ. Here you go, girls. See you soon. She wants to be our friend. Look at her Oh, man. Look at her sister. Look at her hair. Oh, my God. Look at her jacket. Oh, it's joy. What's the matter? You want down? He huh? probably senses DJ okay. over there. <laughs> Don't buy too many chipmunk CDs. Look at her! 
<laughs> Look at that face! Oh, crap. I don't believe it. I taught her this game. Come here, Michelle. Come here. Can you save my place? I gotta get my baby. My little baby. That's not really even Joey, my baby. Joey, she does not care. She's like 19. You gotta hook up with a 19-year-old. Go find Joey. Crap. You found Joey. DJ. What are you doing here? Getting busted. What are you doing here? I was so impressed with your honesty that I decided to come down here and get you an autograph. DJ, this is not cool. I trusted you. Give me that autograph. Come on, let's go. We're going home. Definitely, you can tell. It's like I said. Eighties fashions are definitely high here. You got uh, a lady in front of Joey. He's wearing acid uh, acid wash skirt, jean skirt and a matching jacket. Then we have this girl who couldn't be more than maybe 18, 19 years old at the time. Maybe she's a senior in high school. Maybe she's a freshman in college. She's wearing a fuchsia pink top with um, black. I'm thinking it's like a skirt with a bedazzled looking um, metal studded belt. She of course has got a little bit of uh, a little tuft of pink in her hair to match her fuchsia shirt. Joey, of course, is like, oh, can you watch my place? I have to get my baby when Michelle wanders over to the Stacey Q cardboard cutout. Because as soon as Joey gets in line, Michelle starts like, I'm going to get down, get down, get down. You know, she doesn't say that, but she's like, can you put me down, please? And of course, she's got this red dishcloth, little washcloth named Benny. So remember in the episode, I think it's Danny's first date where Joey and Jesse were putting together a Fisher Price treehouse for Michelle, and she didn't want anything to do with it. She just wanted Benny the washcloth. Joey, of course, makes a joke like, "Oh, don't buy too many Chipmunks CDs," because you know Elvin and the Chipmunks were big in the well, they were big before then too. But I just remember the cartoon Elvin and the Chipmunks. I like the look of this um, music store. It's really cool. It's like brick, but it's got it's like painted like a Pepto Bismol pink with like records on it and stuff. And we also get there's like back when people had cassette tapes, they also have like boxes of a a twelve capacity cassette storage. Is that 12? It looks like it could be more than... Maybe it's more than 12. Like 32 or something. But, wow. But there's also records there, too. They haven't... Oh, Joey does say Chipmunk CDs. So, of course, they are... You know, CDs were probably pretty new in, like, 87, 88. So... I didn't get my first CD till 1996. Mind you, when I got a CD player. I remember when my dad had gotten a CD player... For the living room. And I think it was like a three disc CD player. We had gotten a bunch of CDs. Like um, Elvis Presley. <laughs> Jesse would be so proud. <laughs> um, Lou Harris. Uh, Juice Newton. Stuff like that. 
Michael Bolton, that's another one. Um, and I ended up, I feel so bad because I ended up kind of breaking the CD player. Like, I was around maybe like 10, 11 at the time, and the CD player was playing music, and I was jumping in off the furniture and whatever. I don't know what the heck I did, but apparently the CD player stopped. And we, surely, we didn't, hadn't even had it the lo- that long. Oh my gosh, it was horrible. I feel so bad. We cut to Michelle, who notices DJ behind the cardboard cutout of Stacey Q. She points, her mouth is just agape, dropped on the floor, like, oh, what? DJ's here? (laughs) I know her! I know that girl! She's my sister! (laughs) If she could talk. Michelle is wearing some really bland clothes. Let's take stock of this real quick. We got a, like, light blue, white striped button-up shirt with, like, a cream white sweater over the top of it. These jeans that she's wearing, they look like they could be toddler-sized. And they're really rolled up at the bottom. Like, really, the cuffs are really rolled up at the bottom. And she's got these, like red leather shoes it's just (laughs) I think you're just gonna go out on a limb and say Michelle looks like she's dressed like a 1980s you know mom going to the grocery store to pick up some groceries I don't know I don't want to really say frumpy looking but she just it's not appealing on a toddler (laughs) a shot of so oh is that the same girl that's the same lady with the acid wash uh, skirt and, you know, jacket. She is wearing st- stockings, like see-through stockings, tights, wh- whatever you, what do you call those things? I know there's another word for them. Tights are like what little girls wear, so I'm thinking of uh, pantyhose. That's it, right? And she's wearing high heels. I don't know, I just, I, I'm i not a fashion police person, but it just doesn't seem like it goes with whatever. DJ knows that she's been spotted by Michelle, she's like waving her, like, no, 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 don't come over here, don't come over here. Michelle just hightails it over to DJ. DJ takes Benny the washcloth from Michelle tosses it, like, go get Benny, Benny take it to Joey, go get Benny. Michelle goes and grabs the washcloth. And she points at DJ with this smile on her face like, I can get you. <laughs> and of course, DJ's like, oh shoot, Kimmy, I can't believe I taught her this game. What game? Like, go fetch? Go grab that? Go grab the washcloth and bring it back to me? It might, that might be it. But Joey's still in line. He's got that phone cord attached to Michelle and he's like yanking on it like, come here, Michelle, come here. Joey turns to the 19-year-old like, hey, can you save my place? I gotta get my baby. My little baby. It's not really even my baby. And she just was like, can you not talk to me, you weirdo? And Joey's like, you don't care. It's like, no, she doesn't care. And I doubt she's gonna save your place. So Joey starts getting the slack of Michelle's leash, if you want to call it. And DJ's like, go find Joey, go find Joey. And it's like, oh, you found Joey. And Joey is just as surprised to see DJ here. Like, DJ, what are you doing here? 
And DJ, of course, like, uh, getting busted. <laughs> and she's like, what are you doing here? As she and Kimmy both crawl out from behind the cardboard cutout of Stacey Q. And Joey's like, well, I was so impressed with your honesty that I came down here to get you an autograph. How awesome is Joey that he was going to do that for her? I get it. She probably wanted to actually meet Stacey Q. She didn't just want the autographed picture. He just looks at her like, DJ, this is not cool. I trusted you. Give me that autograph. We're going home. And he takes Michelle's leash, clips it to the little pocket buttonhole of DJ's jean jacket. So basically taking her home on a leash. <laughs> I mean, it's not like she doesn't deserve that. She was dishonest and she didn't, you know, cut school when she shouldn't have. Like, oh, this is so embarrassing. And of course, Kimmy's like walking beside her. <laughs> now that I look at it, the brick is like pink in the middle, but it's like got a, like, a nice little lavender purple on the top and the bottom. It's really nice. Oh, is that? So is that a security guard? Is that a truant officer? I can't tell. Because they are the youngest kids there. Everyone else is clearly like college age. Alright, now we're back at the house. Joey is with Michelle. I think they're eating SpaghettiOs. And he's kind of telling Michelle, you know, it's it's a shame that kids have to grow up, you know? I mean, why can't they stay like you? So sweet and so innocent. So ladylike. <laughs> Her face has just got orange goo from the SpaghettiOs on it. So Jesse comes in the door and it's like, Joey, what's the emergency? And Joey's like, DJ cut school to get Stacy Q's autograph. And Joey, uh, Jesse's like, what? I left early? I left work early for that. Really? I mean, granted, he works for his dad. He's probably like, Dad, look, I got an emergency. Something about DJ. I'll be back. Can I cut out early? Sure. So Jesse was really close to nabbing that uh, that ant issue. He was actually pretty close to finding out where that line of ants actually begins. So Joey, of course, fills Jesse in about how the fact that DJ did more than just cut school. She completely faked Joey out. So, talking about having a fever and... Of course, Jesse goes to the fridge to get chicken. Because he's got to eat while Joey's telling him this uh, whole elaborate scheme that DJ came up with. And, of course, Jesse's like, you? She faked you out? No, no way. You? Are you serious? Oh, as Joey is saying how DJ faked the flu, I called in sick for her. And then she comes down ten minutes later and she's fine. The wheels in Jesse's brain start turning. Like, oh, shoot. I told her that I gave her that. Oh, boom, she's better. She takes off just like that. Of course, Joey's like the conniving little snake. And of course, Jesse reveals to Joey, well, nah, she didn't give that plan on her own. I kind of actually gave that to her. And Joey's like, you what? You gave her that plan? And Jesse's like, well, I mean, she was interviewing me for her essay on the person she admires most. And Joey just gets a laugh out of it. Like, oh my gosh, really? Oh my god, you fell for that, really? Joey just laughs at Jesse as Jesse realizes there was no essay. Like, no, she faked you both out. This was her whole elaborate plan to begin with. So, they've both been duped by DJ. Of course, they figure, what are we going to do? Danny's not here. He left us in charge to punish her. 
properly punish her. Of course, Jesse and Joey trade stories of how their parents punished them. Jesse's like, my parents showed me no mercy. He took, my dad took so many privileges away that to this day when I go visit my parents, I go straight to my room, no TV, no dinner. So Joey says, whenever I was bad, my dad would sit me down, talk about right and wrong and good and bad for hours and hours, on and on, until finally I just beat the hell out of myself. Clearly, Joey comes from a home where his father, um probably spanked him or what I mean his dad's a military man you could see of course he'd be lecturing the heck out of Joey until Joey's like you know I'm just gonna get to the spanking part right now and spank myself and Joe Jesse of course says the worst part of it was when my dad would give me the dad face you know that disappointed look with the crossed arms and the just like I'm so disappointed in you so Joey tries to do an impression of the the dad face and, of course, he sticks out his bottom lip. And, of course, Jesse's like, no, 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 Joey. That's a, I just ate bad chili face. You know, Michelle, it's a shame kids have to grow up. I mean, why can't they stay like you? So sweet, so innocent, so ladylike. Yeah. Joey, what's the emergency? DJ cut school to get Stacy Q's autograph. I left work early for that. Joseph, do you realize I was this close to finally figuring out where that line of ants actually begins? How you doing, kid? She did more than cut school, Jess. She completely faked me out. You? No. <laughs> Jesse, this plan was diabolical. She faked the flu, I called in sick for her, then boom, she's better and she takes off just like that. The conniving little sneak. Oh, Joey, she's not a conniving little sneak. I gave her that plan. You what? Well, she was uh, interviewing me for her essay on the person she admires most. <laughs> There's no essay. That conniving little sneak. Danny's gone. We're in charge now. What are we going to do? All right, let's think about this. See, when I was a kid and I got in trouble, my dad showed me no mercy. In fact, he took so many privileges away that to this day, when I go visit my parents, I got to go straight to my room, no TV, no dinner. <laughs> well, whenever I was bad, my dad would sit me down, talk about right and wrong and good and bad for hours and hours, on and on, until finally I just beat the hell out of myself. <laughs> The worst part, though, the worst part was when my dad gave me the dad face. You know, it was like, it was like this. Ooh. Dad face, that's good. Let me try it. All right. No, 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 Joey, that's the I just ate bad chili face. All right, now we're going to jump up to the room where they both are scowling at DJ. Both their arms are crossed. DJ, of course... Like, you don't have to punish me. I feel rotten enough. It's like, no, sweetie, you are going to be punished. And probably doubly so when your dad gets home. You don't have to do that. I feel bad enough. I'm really sorry. I totally blew it. I'll never do anything like this again. Yeah, right. Regardless, but Joseph and I must deal with your misconduct, young lady. Misconduct? Young lady, 
I really am turning into my father. If I start wearing a white belt and shoes to match, throw me down the stairs. I'd be honored. DJ, we're going to have to punish you. So no TV for two weeks. What, you call that punishment? No TV, no music for two weeks. Oh, yeah? I see your no TV and no music for two weeks, and I raise you no friends over for a month. I call. No TV, no music, and no friends over for a month. Are we agreed, young lady? Sure. I deserve to be punished. Dad trusted me, and I let him down. I hate myself. Yeah, excuse us. Listen, man, I think the kid is sorry. I mean, she's been punished. I think when Danny comes back from L.A., maybe we shouldn't tell him about this. Don't you think he has a right to know exactly what happened? Yes, I do, but we don't want him to think we can't take care of the girls. You're absolutely right. I forgot about that. He may never want to leave the house again. All right. DJ, we're not going to tell your dad what happened. Well, all right. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. The bunny and the ducky and the turtle and the frog all rode home on a rainbow and smiled for the rest of their lives. I love this story. (laughs) So yeah, DJ's sitting on the the end of her bed and of course Joey and Jesse are on either side of her, arms crossed just glowering at her furrowed brows and all and narrowed eyes and she's all like you don't have to do that I feel bad enough like oh sweetie no you just zip it because they have every right to act how they're gonna act (laughs) she's like I'm really sorry I totally blew it I'll never do anything like this again I'm like oh oh you just wait remember the horse episode um, DJ's very first horse Whenever I see this episode, immediately like, oh yeah, you just wait till you get that, uh, till you meet Rocket. Uh huh. She is really, really trying to turn it around so that way, like, oh, I feel so bad and everything, and maybe if I feel, so, you know, like this and admit how guilty I feel, that maybe they won't punish me. I think she's still doing a little bit of the, the scheming, trying to get out of a punishment. I mean, I'm sure she feels bad because, you know, she got caught and everything, and I let Dad down. And Jesse and Joey compl- just, yeah. Of course... Jesse's all like, regardless, Joseph and I must deal with your misconduct, young lady. And Jesse's like, misconduct, young lady? Gosh, I'm really starting to turn into my father. Why, is that how he talked with uh, Pam <laughs> when Pam acted up? <laughs> like, Jesse, it's fine. Keep going with it. You have a right to be upset. She faked both you and Joey out. Really, I don't care how you feel or how embarrassed or how guilty you feel. That doesn't... Excuse your actions. Of course, Jesse and Joey start one-upping each other when it comes to punishment for DJ. Joey starts with no TV for two weeks. Joey just looks at him, or Jesse just looks at Joey like, you call that punishment? I say no TV, no music for two weeks. It's like, oh yeah, you say no TV, no music for two weeks? I raise you no friends over for a month. 
So Jesse's like, okay, I call. No TV, no music, and no friends over for a month. And he turns to DJ and says, are we agreed, young lady? And of course, DJ's all like, sure, I deserve to be punished. Dad, trust me, and I let him down. He's like, ugh, I hate myself. And it's like, okay, ugh. <laughs> Jesse and Joey buy into this whole self-pity with DJ. Like, hey, maybe she's really learned her lesson. She seems broken up about it. Maybe we shouldn't tell Danny about this. And Joey's like, yeah, he may never want to leave the house again. You know, and Jesse's like, yeah, he may not trust us with the girls. They decide, DJ, look, we've decided we're not going to tell your dad about this. And DJ is like, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's like, no, that is wrong. It's like if something goes on with his kids, he's got a right to know, especially if one of them missed school. So now we jump back down to the living room where Joey and Jesse are reading Michelle a little book. So of course this is a fake book. It's just got a um, white sheet over whatever the other book is. And it's got some weird print. It's the, and the bunny, the word bunny is in some old English font, but the other ones are just normal font. The bunny, the ducky, the turtle, and the frog. They all rode home on a rainbow and smiled for the rest of their lives. That is a lame ending. Michelle seems to dig it, so. I love Jesse saying, I love this story. And Joey's like, yeah. I love how Michelle is just smiling adoringly at Jesse. And she, like, puts her hand up to his chin. And just the audience reaction of, aww. Jessie kisses her on the top of her nose. Aww. Alright, the door opens. Danny is back. He is wearing a red Hawaiian shirt. He's got his carry-on bag, his briefcase, his black sunglasses, and his Hawaiian hat. He is... He went to Los Angeles. Why is he acting like he went to Hawaii? Of course, DJ playing the part of the good daughter runs up and like, Oh, hi, Dad. I'm so happy you're home. Danny calls his girls his little dudettes and kisses Michelle and hugs DJ. Of course, Stephanie gets home right after Danny does. And I love Jesse who says, L.A. claims another victim. So Danny, of course, asks, hey, how'd everything go here? And Jesse, Joey, and DJ are like, oh, yeah, everything's great. And Stephanie comes in like, oh, hi, Danny, how are you? Of course... Like I said, Stephanie has no idea what all went down. All she knew is when she left for school that her sister was sick. So she looks at DJ, who's like up and out of bed and dressed. Like, wow, DJ, you look so much better. We cut to Joey and Jesse are like, oh, crap. She's going to blow our cover. Danny kind of runs with that line. Like, what? You look so much better. DJ's like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, I got my hair done. And Stephanie just looks at her like, you got gypped. I thought you were sick. And she's like, right, sick of this hairstyle. It really doesn't look any different than what she normally has going on. Of course, Jesse jumps in there, grabs Steph, like, hey, Steph, walk with me, talk with me. He's like, hey, how about if we play a game entitled Let's Not Talk About DJ? Of course, the minute that Jesse grabs Stephanie and starts walking with her, Danny has got a look on his face like, okay, something is clearly up. Of course, poor Stephanie. I don't really want to blame her because she doesn't know 
what all transpired while she was at school. She's like, oh, yeah, I'll play a game. Hey, who wants to play? Let's not talk about DJ. And, of course, Danny's like, why are we not talking about DJ? So Jesse's like, see, now you've lost the game. Now you have to, your punishment is you have to go and make dinner for the whole family. And so he's like, but I can't cook. And he's like, well, polish the silver. Yeah, Danny is not happy. It's like, okay, something clearly is going on. Someone's hiding something or some ones are hiding something. It's like, was DJ sick this morning? And Joey, of course, was, well, I mean, she was a little under the weather, but we got her right back on her feet and, you know, sent her on her way to school. That's when Stephanie, of course, comes in with the homework. Just say she was out sick. She seems to be feeling a little bit better now that she's out of bed and dressed. Because she, <laughs> but Stephanie did, like I said, she didn't know. So, getting all, like, ugh, angry at Stephanie, why don't you, like, call her out at school, like, can I please speak to Stephanie? Okay, Stephanie, look, here's the deal. When you get home, just, if your dad asks, because your dad is also going to be back this afternoon, if he asks, just say that Stephanie, you know, DJ was, she was homesick. They could have just went with the whole, like, well, she just stayed out sick. She wasn't feeling that well. She's feeling a little better now. And leave it at that. Jesse, of course, was like, well, it just hardly seemed worth mentioning, so we decided not to mention it at all. That's a red flag right there. If something's going on with Danny's kid, he needs to know about it. I don't care how minuscule you think it is. A kid staying home from school or not is something that a parent needs to know. Stephanie, of course, comes back into the living room and says, hey, DJ, since you've missed school, your teacher gave me your homework. And it's just like, oh. And, and Danny, of course, he's doing the dad face with the crossed arms and the look like, what is really going on here? I want the truth, Donna Joe. I love how Jesse hands DJ's homework to Joey and Joey hands it to... <laughs> DJ. They're all like, oh man. We are all in trouble. Joey's like, see, now that's a good dad face. Oh yeah. Danny looks like he's about ready to blow his top. So DJ spills. I tricked Uncle Jesse into teaching me how to fool Joey into thinking I was sick. I could cut school and get that autograph. But then Michelle busted me and Joey took me home. On a leash as she turns to Joey. Stephanie is angry, and rightly so. She's like, you liar. You made me a liar, too. I lied to Joey, to your teacher, and everybody. I thought I knew you, but I don't. So she's like, I share my rinse cup with a stranger. So apparently they use the same rinse cup after brushing their teeth. I, mm. I want my own rinse cup. And DJ's like, Stephanie, look. And Stephanie is not even done yet. She's like, here. I even made you a get well card as she goes around the back of the couch and hands it to DJ. Get well. Like, get sick. Stephanie heads upstairs and Danny's like, DJ, why don't you go upstairs and wait for me there while I uh, deliberate with your two caretakers. Jesse and Joey, of course, are like, uh, let's like try to get out of the room. Like, hey, Joey, you know I'm starting to feel hungry. And they're like, me too. And they start heading towards the kitchen, and Danny's like, uh, guys, I've not even started on you two yet. As <laughs> Jesse's like, oh, you know what? It's like, oh, I'm not too hungry. So I'm gonna play this clip. Cowabunga, dudes! Hey, 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 h
missed my little do debts. Let me do debt again. L.A. claims another victim. <laughs> How'd everything go here? Good. Good. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hi, Daddy. Hi. DJ, you look so much better. You look so much better? Um, yeah, I got my hair done. You got gypped. <laughs> Walk with me, talk with me. Listen, how about if we play a little game entitled Let's Not Talk About DJ, okay? Okay. Good. Anybody want to play Let's Not Talk About DJ? <laughs> See, now you've lost the game. The punishment is that you have to go into the kitchen and, um, and cook us dinner. I don't know how to cook. Polish the silver. <laughs> Why are we not talking about DJ? Was DJ sick this morning? Well, she was a little under the weather, but uh, we got her right back up on her feet and shipped her right back off to school. Exactly. She was hardly worth mentioning, so we didn't mention it. Everything is great. Oh, well, good. DJ, since you missed school today, your teacher asked me to give you your homework. <laughs> Thank you so much. Now, see, that's a good dad face right there. <laughs> Donna Joe? I tricked Uncle Justine to teach me how to fool Joey into thinking I was sick so I could cut school to get that autograph. But then Michelle busted me and Joey took me home on a leash. <laughs> you liar! You made me a liar, too! I lied to Joey, to your teacher, and everybody. I thought I knew you, but I don't. I share my Renscope with a stranger. <laughs> Stephanie, I even made you a get well card. Here, get well. DJ, go wait for me upstairs. You know, Joey, I'm starting to feel a little hungry, actually. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Guys, come back here. Actually, I'm not that hungry. No. no. <laughs> I want to know everything that goes on in my daughter's lives. Look, I don't expect you to be perfect parents, but I do expect you to be honest. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm wagging my finger at you like this. <laughs> Look, I don't want to lecture you guys. I'd be lost here without you. But did you have to lie to me? We just didn't want you to think that we couldn't handle things while you were gone. Yeah, see, we wanted you to know you could go away and everything would be cool with your kids. And if there's ever a problem, we should get it right out in the open. That's right, that we should work things out together as a family. In fact, Joey, say you're sorry and mean it. I'm sorry. Now you say it. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay? Okay. Good. Thanks for the talk. <laughs> Danny, of course, starts with the whole wagging of the finger and the face. Like, ugh. look, I want to know everything that goes on in my daughter's lives. I don't expect you to be perfect parents, but I do expect you to be honest. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm wagging my finger at you. And Danny admits it's like, look, I mean, I, guys, seriously, you know, I would be lost here without you. But did you have to lie to me? And 
Joey and Jesse are like, look, we just, we didn't want you to think that we couldn't handle things while you were gone. And Jesse even adds, like, yeah, I mean, in the future, yes, we should work these things out together as a family and communicate more. And now we go up to the girls' room and Stephanie is hard at work with her crayons making DJ a get sick card because Stephanie's angry, which she is well within her right to be. You know, her sister lied to her. And then, of course, in a way, Jesse and Joey kind of lied, too. It's like, play along with this lie, Stephanie. Just pretend that DJ went to school when she didn't. Annie comes in, and Stephanie's like, oh, lecture time. I'm going to get out of here. And Danny's like, no, sweetie, you can stay. I really think you should hear this as well. Of course, Stephanie's like, why do I get a lecture? I didn't do anything. And Danny's like, but you will, so take accurate notes. <laughs> I mean, even though Stephanie hasn't really gotten into trouble yet, she will down the road. So it's like, you could learn a lesson here. So Danny sits down on the toy box at the end of Stephanie's bed and has DJ come over to him so he can talk to both of the girls. And he asks her, of course, why did you do what you did today? And DJ, of course, says, because I wanted that autograph more than anything. Guys, that's the thing with, with kids are... As kids and even adults, when we want something bad enough and our mind is like hyper focused on that one thing and doing whatever it takes possible to get that one thing that we feel will fill our heart's desire, we don't think about the consequences of what we're doing, the action, you know, the wrongs that we're doing. We don't care about the people we hurt. We just want that one thing without we feel will make us whole and happy and everything. And that's exactly what DJ did, you know, with the help of, you know, Jesse's, you know, staying home from school sick, sick story and everything like that. What happened to the autograph? You think Joey threw it in the trash? I don't know. After all of this, I don't think she deserves it. If anything, I mean, at least she got to meet and talk with Stacy Q so I mean they can't take that away from her but that experience is always going to be tarnished that memory is always going to be tarnished by you know her getting caught and then her feeling bad because she let her dad down and everything Danny asked her like you know what the worst part about this is what you did and she's like that I cut school that I cut school and he's like no and Stephanie's like that you tricked Stephanie it's like, well, no, not really. And Danny's like, no, because you you were selfish. All you cared about was DJ. You did whatever you had to do to get DJ what DJ wanted. You didn't care that you hurt your family. And he says, even if it meant lying and hurting other people. You think about it, she got pretty much every single family member involved in this lie. Minus Danny, who was away. And Michelle, well, if you count Danny as in her trying to originally like, get him to sign a permission slip so she can skip school to get the autograph, I mean, then technically she involved everyone in that house but Michelle. Although, if you think about it, she involved Michelle when Michelle caught her. So she pretty much involved and hurt and lied to every single one in that family. So this truth that Danny's speaking does get to DJ. She says, I don't want to be selfish and I don't want to hurt other people's feelings. 
And he's like, honey, I know you don't, but I think that you, I think that you really care about people. And she apologizes. Like, I'm really sorry, Dad. And he's like, well, I know next time you'll think things through a lot more carefully. Uh, again, Rocket the horse later on. Yeah. No, she won't. That's the thing. I mean, when we get caught doing something, we do feel guilty. We do get that lecture. But odds are, you know, when you're a kid, yes, I know about the devil and the angel on the shoulder and stuff and your conscience. Um, but what's to say next time that she's going to remember this lecture that you gave her? Ultimately, it's also probably deals with, with impulse control and stuff. As, you know, kids, we really don't have a handle on that yet. Like I said, when a person wants something bad enough, all common sense seems to just fly right out the window. I like what Danny says here. Because you're a lot better than what I saw today. So he hugs DJ. Because she, I think now, when she's getting this lecture from Danny, she is really seeing the error of her ways and how her actions did hurt people. Not physically hurt them, but emotionally. I mean, if you think about it, that trust has been broken. She will have to earn that. But I mean, yeah, I mean, they're definitely going to think next time if DJ's actually sick like well maybe we should get you to the doctor oh you're not that sick well then you're going to school I think that yeah the next time that she's sick they are really going to be like um let me find out for sure because if you're really sick you're going to the doctor you're not that sick well you're going to school then Stephanie of course is like kind of rubs it in to DJ like as she says, asks, Daddy, am I your favorite now? And Danny just turns her to her like, yes. And DJ's like, hey! <laughs> He's like, no, no, I'm just kidding. No matter what happens, I'm always going to love all three of you exactly the same. And Stephanie's like, oh, all right. And she scooches closer to her dad. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, of course, the cherry on the sundae as he says, gosh, I wish Michelle was here. I like her the best. And both Stephanie and DJ are like, hey. Although you know he kind of does. <laughs> I gotta say though, honestly, I think if he had to pick, he does let Michelle get away with a lot. But I think honestly, think of that episode where aware has my little girl gone. When DJ's in high school, she's having a mega crisis. She's not talking to Danny at all about, you know, she's not so much being secretive, but she kind of has her own life. And Danny just takes offense, like, no, she used to tell me everything. I, I'm losing my little girl and this and that. And even um, with the whole her staying eight weeks in Spain, like, oh, I miss her so much. I mean, I'm sure he loves them, both, all three of them equally, but I think that because DJ is his firstborn... I'm going to play this clip. Steph, what are you doing? I'm making a get sick card. <laughs> I said I was sorry. Uh-oh, lecture time. See ya. Steph, I think you should stay. Why do I get a lecture? I didn't do anything. But you will, so take accurate notes. <laughs> DJ, come over here. Why did you do what you did today? Because I wanted that autograph more than anything. Do you know what the worst part is about what you did? 
can I cut school? No. <laughs> that you tricked Stephanie? <laughs> that you were selfish. All you cared about was DJ. You did whatever you had to do to get DJ what she wanted. Even if it meant lying and hurting other people. I don't want to be selfish. I don't want to hurt other people's feelings. I know you don't. I, I think you really care about other people. I'm really sorry, Dad. Well, I know next time you'll think things through a lot more carefully. Because you're a lot better than what I saw today. Yes. Hey! <laughs> no, no, no. No matter what happens, I'm always going to love all three of you exactly the same. Oh, all right. I wish Michelle was here. I like her the best. <laughs> you know, I thought that this was a good episode. It seems like a lot of um, episodes end with a lecture a talk between the girls and either Danny or, or Jesse or sometimes Joey and stuff like that to kind of help everyone get back on the same page. I mean, DJ knows she did wrong. She hurt people by her actions and she, hopefully in the future she will think back on this moment and realize, do is this really worth getting in trouble? Is this really worth hurting my family who I love to have this one thing? Like, how happy is this thing gonna make me is it really worth all of this trouble all right so the best outfit of the episode i think i mean i don't unfortunately it's not gonna be any of the tanners uh the best outfit i liked that burnt orange jacket that that guy was wearing in the record store thought that was cool as far as for the worst I'm going to give it to Stacey Q's outfit. That bedazzled bullfighter tassel, shoulder tassel look just was look. Runner up for worst is going to have to go with, um, I think Michelle's little outfit with the cream white sweater and the striped button up shirt it just made in the in the the jeans where the cuffs were just rolled up too high and the geez, i didn't didn't like that at all um runner up for best i think it's gonna be i like stephanie's like pink and like brown squared sweater that she was wearing i thought that was cute of course for the lesson learned for this episode is pretty easy <laughs> um, I mean, back, this is 1988, guys. It was easier probably to skip school. As they have a house full of people, so DJ, of course, had to be very creative with her plotting, and that's why she figured Uncle Jesse's going to be the way to go when it comes to skipping school and all that. Because you know, let's just say Danny stayed home, right? This whole thing would not have played out. However, one of them probably, like Joey, he was going to go get her an autograph. 
Granted, she wouldn't have had the experience of mating Stacy Q, but honestly, Stacy Q didn't impress me that much. She just seemed kind of... I mean, laid back isn't bad, but... I even want to go on the side of just a smidge rude. Just the way she was just, like, looking at the girls. It seemed like she was like, ugh, kids, they should be in school. Just rolling her eyes. Like, I get it, Kimmy, with the whole a Y, two M's, an I, and a K. And it's just like, uh. And DJ with her whole, the girl who's like a sister to me, who I'll take with me to the Grammys and, and, and stuff like that. And it's just like, come on, lady. This is a partial part of your fan base here. You just look like... The lady didn't even look... Stacey Q did not look like she wanted to be there at all. Like, I could be doing other things. And she only had one real hit, Two of Hearts. If you think about it, she did better than Jesse did with his Forever song. I mean, it was only popular in Japan. Two of Hearts, I'm sure, was a worldwide phenomenon. Maybe. But I'm sorry, I'm kind of going off the rails. It's like, yeah, just lesson learned, guys. If you if there's something you want bad enough and it takes place while you're supposed to be in school or at work, sometimes you got to bite the bullet. You never know. There could be a next time. Um, oh, a good this happened when I was an adult, okay? I was scheduled to work. Um, it was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity in my mind. Once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Um... Because you guys know I like went to book signings a lot. Colleen Hoke, she is the author of the YA fantasy series Tiger's Curse. She was going to be somewhere in Michigan, somewhere I felt I could drive to. And I was scheduled to work with it. I'm like, if I don't do this, what is the shot that she's ever going to be anywhere in Michigan again, right? So... I called up work. And guys, mind you, I never called in. Never, never, never. And I'm just like, I have something I have to do. Um, I mean, I rarely ever call in. And they're like, she's uh, my manager, assistant manager. It's like, yeah, you d- you don't really call in. So it, we'll take care of it. I know, I know. That's not so much <laughs> helping with the whole lesson learned. That's me being an adult and saying I'd rather go to an author signing and meet an author that I really admire and I read her books. And I, I just, this was a big one, guys. One of my fave, one of my big, big fave authors. And I'm like, if I don't do it. You know, I mean, I know it's now uh, uh, six hours worth of pay I'll be missing from my paycheck, but I got got to do it. It's so important to me. And I did it, and it was awesome. I got my picture taken with the author. It was was amazing. I love love it. Happy memory. Well worth the six hours of pay missing from my paycheck, by the way. Um, But yeah, don't skip school to do fun activities. You can't really do that now. I mean... Even with what's going on right now and kids aren't in school, I mean, they don't want you going anywhere right now, regardless of you being a kid or an adult, unless it's mandatory. So, yeah. But I had fun with this episode. I really liked it. And I I, I chose this episode for Candace Cameron's birthday. So, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to it. All right. So, the next episode I'm going to be focusing on for the month of April is, of course... April is the month of Rusty. Season 4, episode 11, entitled Secret Admirer, which aired December 7th, 1990. 
The Tanners invite Cindy and Rusty over again for a backyard barbecue. Rusty writes a funny love letter, which causes confusion as he, as each member of the household reads it in turn, all believing it to be from a different person. There's a lot of inner monologue here, guys. A lot of voiceover. <laughs> Craziness, I tell ya. So, alright, without further ado, I will be back with the next Rusty episode, so... Hang tight, guys, with this whole thing going on. We're we're going to get through it one way or another. So, be safe. Wash your hands. Stay positive. We're getting through this. Bye-bye.